1: One thing is true of me, uh, and it's probably true of you too, Um, I think it's true of all of us, is that we all want to grow. We all wanna grow, right? Uh, I mean, this idea of progressing is is a human desire that we all have. When you were a kid, all you wanted to do was be old enough to stay up late, right? And now it seems like a terrible idea. (laughs) I just wanna stay up late, I wanna be old enough to stay up late. I wanna be old enough to drive right? I can't wait to be old enough to drive. I can't wait to be old enough uh, so I can move out of my parents' house. How naive. <laughs> we all were. You may want to grow in a lot of areas of your life. For, for a long time, I've wanted to grow uh, muscles. I know. This picture was taken last uh, February, I think, uh, of me. <laughs> and uh, I've lost a little weight. A little weight, but you know, So we all want to grow muscles. Well, the guys do, right? Right? I mean, maybe you want to grow in a hobby. Maybe you're a golfer. You play pickleball. Where's my pickleballers? They're strong, baby. Come on. Or an instrument, maybe you play, play guitar or drums, and you want to grow in that hobby. Maybe you want to grow in knowledge with degrees or listening to lectures or documentaries. Maybe you want to grow in relationships. You want to uh, widen your friend group. Maybe you want to deepen your marriage or, or your relationship with your kids. Maybe you want to grow in your career. And so you strive to get that job or that promotion. But here's the harsh truth about growing. If you want to grow muscle, if you want to grow in your hobby, or in knowledge, or in relationships, or career, or really anything else in life, if you want to grow, it takes work. Growth takes time, effort, and intentionality. It does. It takes time, effort, and intentionality. I mean, not many things grow overnight. That's why you don't have a six-pack after you visit the gym one time. I mean... Not all of us can be like me. (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't have a six-pack. You can't play Stairway to Heaven after the first time you pick up a guitar. You cannot play, or you cannot um, know how to swing a golf club perfectly the first time you're on the course. You don't know everything after taking that one class. You don't propose on the first date, and if you do, ladies, run. (laughs) You don't become the CEO right after college. Growth takes time time effort and being intentional. And I don't have to remind you that we live in a world, I'm going to step on this for sure. I'm sorry, Phil. We live in a world that has perfected right now. I want to be entertained. I can get it right now. I want food. I can get it right now. I want a package. I want to go online shopping. I can do that right now. Has Amazon ruined anyone else? (laughs) I mean, my packages get there in two days or less, sometimes same day. Like, that's incredible. If I order from any other website and it's like three to five business days, like, what is this, the 1950s? (laughs) What kind of prison are we living in? So no wonder we don't want growth to take time. We live in a world that's right now. So no wonder if we go to the gym and we don't see instant results, we leave. We quit. No wonder when our golf game isn't as great as we want to, we throw in the towel. No wonder when school or college gets hard, we consider dropping out. No wonder when the relationship with your wife or your kids or your friends begins to plateau a little bit. We're like, "Mm, something's broken here. I got to find someone new. No wonder when our job doesn't go as well as we want it to, we think, you know what, maybe I should just quit. We all want to grow, but not everyone actually grows. We all want to grow, but not everyone actually grows. This is true of you and true of me. We all want to grow, but do we want to put in the time, effort, and intentionality? Do we want to put in the time and effort and work that it takes to actually grow? Maybe for you, it's faith. Maybe the reason you're here right now is, yeah, I want to grow my faith. I want to grow in my knowledge of the Bible and my relationship with God. And that's why you're here. Maybe, maybe you feel like it's plateaued. It was going great for a while, but it's, it's kind of just like stopped growing. Maybe you've tried a couple of times to, to start coming to church or reading the Bible or, or really growing that, that relationship or growing your faith and you just can't really get it started. Or maybe you've, you've wanted to grow it for years, but you're just not really sure where to start. You're just not sure where to begin. Well, if that's you, you're in great company. I believe everyone in this room is kind of figuring that out right now. Is how do I make this thing grow? How do I make this grow? And not just us in the room, We see this this range of people trying to to make things grow all the way back several thousand years ago. We see folks in Jesus' day with a broad range of faith. And we get to see this moment in the New Testament, this, this, this moment where Jesus addresses a crowd of people about growth. He tells us, you want to grow? You want things to grow in your life? Let me show you what you need, what you need to look like. Let me show you what your heart needs to look like for it to grow. It's found in Matthew chapter 13. It says this, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all... Uh, then he told them many, par- many things in parables. A parable is a small story with a big meaning. That's all it is, is a story with a big meaning you're able to put yourself into. And this is what he says. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering his seeds, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Verse five says, some fell on rocky places, on rocky places where it did not have much soil it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow but when the sun came up the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants still other seed fell on on good soil on good soil where it produced a crop, the seed did what it needed to do, 160 or 30 times what was sown. And he ends it with this: "Whoever has ears, let them hear." In this story, Jesus is explaining what God's word is like. He's like, "It's a seed. It's a seed. And, and the various types of soil are our hearts. Various types of soil, various types of people, various types of hearts. And the results of the seed and the soil are what those hearts do with God's word. What our hearts do with God's word. So why does Jesus compare God's word to a seed? Well, I believe it's because it's living. It has power. When planted in good soil, it has the ability to take root and to grow and to produce Fruit. We see multiple types of of soil uh, in this story. I was actually going to bring up a bunch of different types of soil, but it's rained so much that it's all wet. (laughs) All of it. It says that some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up, which tells me that it was dry. It never made it past the top layer It never had a chance to take root and to grow. I believe Jesus is explaining someone who is very apathetic, very indifferent. I don't care. I don't care. Maybe you're not saying that with your mouth, but your heart, your posture says, I I just, I don't care. I don't care enough to, to try. I don't care enough to put in any work. It says that some fell along rocky places, and they sprung up quickly, the, the seeds, but the sun scorched it. I believe this describes someone, that I've been in this boat before, who is very excited about their new faith, very excited, and they jump right in, but they quickly lose steam or they quickly plateau and give up. It's kind of like my golf game. You my wife, I like like a year ago, I was like all about it, playing every weekend, and I realized I'm not good. <laughs> Amen. Amen. If you played with me, you know. And so what do I do? I could keep going and trying, or I could quit. <laughs> Let's just say my golf clubs are rusting in the basement. You lose steam, and you give up. I mean, can I be honest? Sometimes that's that's just the easiest thing to do. I put a little effort in, but didn't see much. And instead of trying more or keep on going, I'm just going to give up. It says that the other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. These are things around the seed that take over. In my yard, uh, I'm trying to get rid of some ivy. Mm Mm-hmm. I said, trying. And I think I've done a decent job. But what I'm afraid of is the spring when I plant grass, is that ivy's going to be there, or that ivy's going to come back. And what the ivy's going to do, the minute that seed hits that ground, or if that seed's sprouted, and the minute that blade of grass comes out, what's going to happen to that seed when that ivy takes over, when that vine takes over, when those thorns take over, it's gonna crush it, it's gonna kill it. I believe this is explaining someone with a lot of bitterness, a lot of anger, maybe even a lot of pride. You hear the word, it almost takes root, then something happens. The thorns and the vines that you've kind of kept living, they take over and they crush and destroy anything growing. Now notice I didn't say skepticism. I just want to make that a point. that's, That's okay, being skeptical, asking questions. That's, I don't believe that's a vine at all. I think that actually cultivates good soil. And then he says this, he says that some seed fell among the good soil where it can take hold, where it can grow. And Jesus says where it can produce a crop. I believe this is someone, not someone who has everything together, not someone who knows it all, not someone who has their life perfectly in order but someone who hears and explores, someone who asks questions and finds answers, invests time and sacrifices. And that good soil produces something, produces a crop, produces fruit. I mean, you don't have to be a gardener. This is organic, by the way, just so you know. I know, look at it. You don't have to be a gardener to know really what good soil looks like. You see it, well, it's not dry, it's not rocky, there's no thorns in it, it looks good, it is good. It's soft and it has a great color. I have no nothing about dirt, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do know that I'm gonna have dirty hands for the rest of this, which I kinda regret. I didn't think this through very well. (laughs) But you can tell when you hold it in your hand, that's good. When the seed hits it, it goes into it and stays there and does something with photosynthesis. (laughs) And then the sun and the water. But you can tell there's no rocks. It's not dry. And there's no Thorns. I think we can all agree that what Jesus is saying, what he's describing, is really kind of the way we want our hearts to be. That regardless of where you are in your faith journey, you're here because you want it to grow. You here because you're here because you want to hear God's word, and you wanted to do something in your life. If you didn't want to change, you wouldn't be here. I believe that. I'm going to be covered in dirt. Now, let me be crystal clear, just for a moment. Incredibly clear. What I'm not saying, what Jesus is not saying, is do all these things. Become great soil. Become a great human, do all these things at church, and then we'll love you. And then you can experience God's joy, and then you can experience his forgiveness, and then you can experience his love. Ephesians 2.8 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God. God loved you at your worst. When you were dry and rocky and full of vines, he didn't look at you and say, yep, but when they get good, I'll love them. No, he loved you in the midst of the dry and in the midst of the rocky and in the midst of the vines. He loved you. He sent his son. He actually moved heaven and earth for you while you were at your worst, while I was at my worst he said, you know what? I think they're worth it. I think they're worth, oh, God bless you. Guys, give it up for Mary Beringer. I was like, what is she doing? You're so sweet, Mary. He loved you enough at your worst to send his son to live and to die. So this is not something we do so we can get something else. This is not a requirement for God's love. It's a byproduct of God's love. That, I'm gonna do it again, Mary, I'm sorry. (laughs) This is not a requirement. Be this and earn it. Nope, it's not it. It's, you've already earned it. It was free, it was a gift. Jesus paid for it as a byproduct then You can become this. So you might be asking yourself, okay, that sounds great. That's wonderful. How do I become good soil? How do I take the rocks and the thorns and the dry? And how do I become this, miracle Grow performance organic? (laughs) I'm so glad that you asked. I believe there's really three simple ways that you can do this and you're already doing one, the first thing is this, be here. Be here. One way you can cultivate healthy soil is by making Sunday morning a priority for you and your family. Make it a part of your life. You probably heard someone say, and maybe you've said it before, and no judgment here. I can be a Jesus follower and not go to church, right? where I can explore Christianity and not go to church. I think you're wrong. I think that's wrong. I think the Bible shows us most of the New Testament is Jesus doing a bunch of amazing things, living and dying and resurrecting again to build and start the church. And the rest of all the New Testament is about the church. I mean, maybe you went away from church because you thought it was too judgmental, hypocritical, I mean, of course it is. Humans are a part of it. We're awful. We're terrible. But that's like saying, I'm not going to go to the doctor because there's sick people there. Right? Of course there's sick people there. And of course there's hypocritical people in churches and judgmental people in churches. And while finding the right church is important, And if I can remove myself for a moment and look at our our church objectively, I think we got a pretty good one. I do. Check out what Kerry Newhoff said. He said, disconnecting yourself from a community is actually less faithful than connecting yourself to a flawed community. Being a part of a church that people are admitting I'm broken. I'm sinful, I need Jesus every moment of every day is way, way healthier, way more healthy than walking away to figure things out away from the sick and away from the sinners. Church is way less about coming to a building and way more about being a part of something bigger than yourself. It's less about doing more and more about making, thing, making this a part of your life. To grow, you need church. You need church on a regular basis. And we believe, I believe, it's the same for your child and your teenager. They need it as well. Now, to be good soil, you need something else. You need to be with others. There are some great things that church can do, but there are some obvious things that we cannot do in an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 30 if you show up early. There are some things that we cannot do. A few things. You can't have all your questions answered. That just can't happen in an hour. You cannot deepen friendships. You can meet people. You can say hello. You can sit with people. You cannot deepen friendships in an hour. And you cannot share your joys, and your disappointments. But those can all happen in a small group setting. We call them crews. Those can all happen in crews. Acts 2 says this, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, And join the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Small groups or crews, it's not just a bonus thing, a fun little thing we do during the week. It's not just a little bonus we add on. These groups, these people in these groups are vital for your spiritual growth. They're vital. They're necessary for your sense of community. We say it a lot. A lot. We, we don't want to be a church that has small groups. We don't want to be a church that just offers small groups. We want to be a church of small groups. That's what we want to be. And if you've been coming to church here for, for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or maybe even a couple of years and you feel like no one really knows me or I don't know anyone, on one hand, that's amazing, and, and if you want to stay anonymous for as long as you want to, you can. You can, you can sneak in, sneak out, you know, that's, that's great. We, we want you here. But if you're like, I kind of wish someone knew me. I'd kind of like to walk in the door and someone know my name. I'd kind of like to sit with some, some people I know during the service. That's because you and I were created that way. We were created for this, this need for community. I mean, if you had, if you wish, man, I wish I had a place that I could go and get some answers to my questions. I wish I could like go and like my kids had some people to play with, or I could have something you know to do, look forward to at work. And it's because you were made for community. You were designed for this, and it really can't be replicated. I don't mean to rag on your friends. But, but your golf buddies that you hang out with once a week who get together and you guys you know just kind of rag on your wives and talk about how annoying your kids are, that's not healthy community. <laughs> the gym girls that you hang out with once a month at Starbucks and you just gossip about all the other gym girls, that's not healthy community. You're still going to long for that, that community because we were designed for that Healthy community looks like surrounding yourself with people who are saying this. They're saying, I want that for my life. I want that, I don't have it right now, I'm striving for it, I'm going for it. I want that. Healthy community looks like we're here for you, we're walking alongside of you, I'm praying for you, I'm here to answer your questions, I'm here to help you find truth and find your answers. I'm opening my home to you. I'm opening my life to you. That's the community that you and I were made for. So when we talk about small groups, which we call crews, which are going to kick off in February, I know it's hard on your schedule. I know it, because it's hard on mine. I know it's a little bit inconvenient after you get off work to drive across town. I get it. But it's not just something that we add on as a bonus, a fun little bonus, no. It's something that you were created for. It's something that will help you become that. I guarantee it right now. I guarantee this, right? It's re- being recorded. That if you, in February, if you find the right crew for you, I promise you. I'm about to sound like a TV like preacher. Your life will be better. But I believe it's true. (laughs) Call now. For nine ninety nine. No. I'll give you twenty bucks. I'll take you to lunch. If if you if you get in a crew and and you give it you give it your best shot at the end of the crew, you said, My life's worse. I hated that. I'll take you to lunch. (laughs) Take you to Burger King. (laughs) To be good soil, you need to be here. You need to be in community. But you also, you need to be alone. You need to be alone. Imagine me telling telling you that I have a great relationship with my wife. I know everything about her. She knows everything about me. I know her unique quirks. I know her better than anyone else in the world. I know her likes and her dislikes. I know the subtle little things that only I, her husband, would know. And then imagine I told you, but I only spend one hour a week with her. You wouldn't believe me. I wouldn't believe me. Our relationship with God has to work the same way. If you want to be growing, if you want good soil, it can't just be for one hour a week. It can't be for two and a half hours a week. If you go here and, and crew, it's got to be something else. So we look at Jesus. Jesus, who was all man and all God, he was part of the Trinity. He prioritized being alone all the time. When he was getting ready for a major task, he was alone. When he needed to, the recharge, after hard work, guess what? he went alone he went by himself to be alone to work through grief he was alone before making an important decision he was alone in time of distress he was alone to focus on prayer the son of god to focus on prayer with his father he was alone. Jesus, the son of God, saw it necessary to remove himself from people. To be alone with God. If that's for him, it's got to be for me. Can I just be honest and brutally honest? Reading the Bible isn't always easy. It's hard for me. And I've always blamed ADHD or ADD or some of the D or something. I blamed something. It's not always easy for me. The Bible can be confusing, right? We sit down, it's confusing. Reading the Bible may set me on more journeys than questions it answers. Reading the Bible may challenge me and my views and my opinions and my lifestyle choices. But I guarantee if you make it a part of your day, here I am guaranteeing more things, it will make something change. Those rocks and that dryness and that those thorns will start going away. Your heart will begin to change. And for a long time I've I've wanted to romanticize reading my Bible. Right? It's totally quiet. I'm on a lakeside somewhere. It's a perfect temperature. There's no bugs. I sit down with my Bible and I just have, you know, hours and hours of peace. I've never received, I've, that's never happened in my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm floating somehow. That's not biblical, I'm sorry. I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday. And he was talking about goals, people setting goals. Like, you know, he was listening to this podcast and the guy was like, oh, I want to set, I want to lose 50 pounds and the guy who talking to him was, was saying, well, if you want to lose 50 pounds, your first step is losing one pound. Interesting, right? So like, if I, I want, like for me, my goal, I, I, want to, I want to read the Bible. I want to be in the Bible. I want, I want to read God's word. I want to meditate in God's word and have this connection with God. And I want to do it for an hour, a day. But you know what's better than an hour a day? that I'm probably going to miss or skip or get overwhelmed by? Five minutes. Ten minutes. Maybe 15. I don't know. Make it to where it works for you. We're not all the same. Read one chapter. Read and meditate on a few verses. Circle and highlight the things you love. Write down the things that confused you or challenged you. It doesn't have to be this this thing that we make up in our minds is always perfect around, perfect setting, the kids are being really quiet. No. Wake up 15 minutes early and make it a part of your day. Make it a part of your day. I believe that if we want to grow, it's necessary to be here. But not everything can be accomplished here. So I believe to grow it's necessary to be in a group. But unfortunately, not everything can be accomplished in a group. So I believe to be like that, that soil there, you have to be in God's word alone. Maybe you came today or a few weeks ago or a few years ago, and you're just like, I just feel dried up. I got rocks I got vines and thorns. You don't have to stay that way. You don't have to stay that way. And also there's, there's, there's no requirement on how fast you grow. You can take your time. But here's what I want you to know. I believe it's important to make church a priority for you and your family. Seems like you are. I think that's wonderful. I believe another next step is finding a crew. I would love nothing more than to help you find the crew that fits your your where you live, your schedule. You got kids, that's cool. Bring them. You didn't eat before? We'll do food. I would love nothing more than connecting you to a crew. And I also believe that spending time alone in God's word, it will change your heart. It will do good for your soul. It'll change your day. Imagine breakfast with your kids. They're fighting, screaming. They wanted blueberry waffles and you just got normal egos. That's not from personal experience. I just guessed. But imagine this, that same experience, but but 30 minutes before, you were reading about how Jesus interacted with people, with grace, with gentleness, with love. The situation with your kids is going to look a little different. The situation at work is going to look a little different. Your relationship with your wife, it'll change for the better. I believe this place in cruise and being alone with God will turn you into that. So this whole series, we've been talking about our strategy as a church. And this is really it. I mean, this is three-fourths of it. We believe is what we want to do and what we invite you to do is invest in your community, invest in people around you. What we want to do and what we want you to do is invite people to be a part of what we're, what's happening here. Come sit with me. And then what happens here is this there's the photosynthesis I was talking about. That's water. I know photosynthesis is, you know, the sun. I get it. I think. I don't know. But we want you to grow, we want to grow. We, we believe that, that not everyone has everything figured out, that everyone has the next step to take. So don't feel alone because you're not full grown. There's no full grown. There's just growing. And we want to help you. As we grow, we want to help you take those steps.
0: Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.